Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved, but the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today. If you've ever asked yourself, why should anyone listen to me? Or what do I have to share? Then we need to talk. Podcast Better is for you, a podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster who has a business, a cause, or a hobby that you're passionate about. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, 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 fellow podcaster. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be focused on the mindset of a podcaster. There are so many things that can prevent us from moving forward with whatever project we're working on, but podcasts in general. Sometimes it's a physical or a technical hurdle which with a little bit of help are fairly easy to overcome, but more often than not, I think it's a mental issue. These are issues that prevent progress by putting all sorts of excuses in our minds. Maybe it's too expensive, I can't afford it right now, or there's too much competition, or I don't have time, I don't know how, I don't like the sound of my voice, or what I'm going to talk about more today, why would anyone want to listen to me? I don't have anything unique or interesting or useful to share? Well, I'm pretty sure you're going to be wrong about that. The basis for this conversation comes down to something that is often referred to as imposter syndrome. This is something that a ton of people on some level suffer from. It becomes especially prevalent when you're trying to get into something new or trying to express yourself in a different way that you may not be fully comfortable with. Believe me, this is something that even I struggle with when podcasting. I struggled with it in the early days, I struggle with it now, but it is something that I hope I can help you start moving past. There's one major point that I want to help you understand today, and it begins with most people believing that in order to talk about a subject in order to teach about a subject, they need to be an expert. And while that is true to some extent, I want to propose that expert status is relative. With very, very few exceptions, there is always going to be someone who knows more about a subject or a topic than you do. But that shouldn't stop you from helping other people. In fact, I've heard it said that you are actually doing your followers or your audience or just people you know a disservice by not 
sharing what you know with them. The biggest problem with imposter syndrome is that I think that what I know greatly overlaps with what everybody else knows. In other words, everything I know, they already know. So there's no point in me teaching it to them. There's no point in me sharing it with them. When the reality of the matter is, yes, you and I know some of the same things, but there is a large portion of knowledge that you probably take for granted that not everybody around you knows. So let's take this to a very specific example. The majority of you know how to use a smartphone or an iPhone, especially people in, in their 20s, 30s, 40s. This is something that we grew up with. This is some the type of technology that was created for us, basically. And, and we know how to use it instinctively, or we just grew up with it, so we've always been using it. And so everything about it just seems very, very natural. However, my mother, whom I love, got an iPhone a few years ago, and she was basically clueless. And I mean, there are a number of things as iPhones are built, as smartphones are built, that are fairly intuitive. But every so often, I I try to visit her about once a month. And typically, whenever I go down there, she'll have another question for me about her iPhone. It's like, how do I do this? And it's not that she, she hasn't learned how to do things and she can't figure things out on her own. It's just to her, I'm the expert. Now, am I the highest authority on all things iPhone? Do I work for Apple? Do I Have I ever set foot in the Apple Genius Bar? Have I applied for a job there? No, I haven't. There are many, 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 many more people who know Apple products, who know iPhones much better than I do. However, the knowledge I have, the experience I have with the iPhone is much greater than the experience that my mother has with the iPhone. And therefore, I can take my place as the the iPhone quote-unquote expert in her life and answer the questions she has. And I think that's probably true for a lot of you out there. Maybe not an iPhone specifically, but just think about your parents and your grandparents and how how often you've had to explain new technology to them. How often they just can't get the TV to work or back in the day the VCR to record or the DVD player, DVD player to uh, play sound. These are all sorts of things that you may take for granted, but to someone out there, you are going to seem like an expert. You are going to seem like you know it all. Think about it. There are grandparents out there who will rave about their grandchildren. It's like they can always figure out any new gadget that I get, any new TV or computer or smartphone or DVD player, Blu-ray player, whatever the technology, you probably know how to use it. Or maybe you're a little bit older and you're on the other side of this equation and and you've, you've been there. But at the same time, there are things that you know that they don't know. So let's flip that around a little bit and think about when you were 16. Maybe not all of you 16. I know some people who, who did this a little bit later in life too, but when you were learning to drive a car, there are millions and millions of people who know how to drive cars. There are race car drivers who, I don't know if you would consider, do you consider those people the experts about driving a car perhaps? But you didn't have to go and learn from them. You learned from your parents or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or the guy down at the driver's ed class. They were your local expert. And that's that's what I'm getting at. I, 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 expert status is relative. The, the people that are allowed 
to teach, allowed to share knowledge on topics. It's all relative. I want to try this again and give you one more personal example. Like back in 2012, I was starting a little site called SkylandersCharacterList.com. Awful URL. Don't don't even bother telling me. I, I I've learned a lot since then. But my point being, when I started the site, I was not the authority on Skylanders. I didn't create Skylanders. I didn't know everything there was about Skylanders. All I knew was that it was a new-ish game. There was a collectible component to it, and the collector in me wanted to find a complete list of characters, but I couldn't. I I didn't find a complete list of characters out there. So I decided to create that, and I knew if I was looking for it, other people would be looking for it, so I put it on a website. So when I built this site, I was definitely not the expert. But as time went on, I spent more time with it. I learned more things. But I would get questions upon questions upon questions of people asking me and just assuming that I was an authority on this topic because I had the website. And while I may not be the best resource that that they could find, the majority of the time, I could answer their questions. And that was good enough. I satisfied their need and they were happy. Basically, I knew enough information to help the people that were looking for help. And so in their eyes, I became an expert. And it's actually because of that site and because of my status with that site that I started, I actually got my first guest podcast. You would have heard a short clip from that back in episode three, where we talked about getting rid of filler words, because my first time on a podcast was absolutely horrible when I go back and listen to it. It's a rough listen, that's for sure. But things have improved and things have changed. But My point being, because people considered me an expert because of that website, that's what spawned my podcasting career. And now I've learned a lot about podcasting. And now I'm sharing that with people who were in my position five, six, seven years ago where I knew like nothing about podcasting. I'd never been on a podcast before. I really had barely listened to any podcasts. There's a lot that can happen. But expert status is relative. Everyone is going to have their own personal expert. Everyone is going to have someone they look up to who's been doing this longer, who's been doing this better than them in their mind. I don't think I'm the absolute best podcaster out there, but I do think I have a lot of knowledge and information to offer those who are just beginning. I do think I can help people get started. I do think that I can help people surpass where I'm at right now. Just because there is someone out there who has been doing something longer or at a higher level than you doesn't mean that you don't have the right to talk about it. The knowledge and the experience that you have is valuable. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in podcasting, and it's true in other forms of media too, from blogging to to YouTube and all these other, other mediums that we use to communicate with each other, people come for the content, but they stay for you. Because you'll find this out there. If you go look at all all the podcasting experts, right? Many of them are teaching the exact same things, but you're probably not following all of them. You've probably settled on one or two whose style you feel comfortable with, whose personality you kind of mesh with, and that's who you choose to learn from. That's just how it works. You can't have just one expert in every field of study, and that one expert has to teach everybody else on earth. It's not going to work that way. Just think about school. We don't have calculus teachers that are teaching math to first graders. There are other quote-unquote experts who 
who are very much qualified to do that, and perhaps even more qualified than the calculus teacher because their mind's in a different place, but that is how it works. You level up over time, and even the teachers are being taught by someone else. Learning is a lifelong journey. It's not something that you're ever done with, or at least I hope you're never done with. But this is why I say expert status is relative. There may come a point when some of your students outgrow you, and that's fine. Maybe they find a new teacher, a new mentor, or maybe they become the teacher or the mentor, and you can start learning from them. There's nothing wrong with that. But please don't let that stop you from sharing your knowledge and your experience. Your knowledge and your experience is valuable. You are not an imposter. All I ask from you this week is that you keep learning. You keep striving to improve your craft, your knowledge, your experiences, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're passionate about, keep improving. And that's exactly what you can do with your podcast. Your first episode is not going to be great. If it is, it's probably because you have a lot of money or a lot of people backing you up. And there's nothing wrong with that either, but the average person is not going to be there right away. But what is important is that you show growth. You continue to grow as you continue to provide your knowledge and experience with those around you. There you have it, folks. Expert status is relative. Never stop learning, never stop growing, never stop sharing. That's all I got for now, so it's time to get out of here. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a clean, user-friendly interface. Their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast. But if you ever get stuck, I'm more than happy to help you out. Buzzsprout also has the best customer service I've ever experienced. So even if I'm unable to help, rest assured that your problem will be handled. You can try Buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link. Just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. That's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout. If you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan, Buzzsprout will even send you a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid month. It's a win for everybody. Let me know if you have any questions. But head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today, and I can't wait to see what you create.